Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulholland. And I'm Jeff Shuck. We're the co-leaders of Plenty. Thanks for joining our podcast, Plenty for Everyone. Each episode, we talk with conscious leaders like you to explore abundance in work and life, fulfillment in head and heart, and ways we can all work together to make this world a better place. Hey, everybody, we wanted to take a break from this episode to tell you a little bit about our leadership retreat, Lantern. We've just announced our 2021 dates, and we'd love to see you there. Lantern is one of our most favorite things we get to do here at HeartSpace, our retreat center in beautiful Park City, Utah. It is a leadership retreat for conscious leaders like yourself who are really interested in making a difference in the world. It's four days with other people from around the globe who are choosing to create open space, to deepen the connection to themselves and to others, and to support you in creating your unique blueprint, really what you care about and what's on offer for this next chapter of your life as you go into 2021, doing it with intentional power, with conscious choice. And doing that in the support with others, as you really look at reinventing yourself or magnifying the strengths that you already have. 2021 is going to be our sixth year for this acclaimed retreat, and we'd love to have you there. There's never been a better time to invest in yourself. So to find out more, visit plentyconsulting.com slash lantern. We'll see you there. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This is Jeff Shuck and Jennifer Mulholland. We're the co-owners of Plenty And we're really glad that you joined us for this episode of Plenty for Everyone. I, as always, am in the middle of America here in uh, gray Michigan City. And Jen is in our retreat center at HeartSpace, which is in Park City. Jen, what's Park City like today? Oh, it's a beautiful, warm, or sunny winter day. We desperately need snow, but I'm looking out our window at HeartSpace, our retreat center and at the top of the mountain and seeing the ski lifts go and it's pretty bony so bring on the snow please jen always starts describing park city by saying beautiful and i feel like i always describe michigan city <laughs> so it is nice here city too. And beautiful too it's just not not always so welcome back thanks for joining us and you're probably listening to us in maybe the third week of January. If you listened to us last week, we opened this 2021 season of Plenty for Everyone with talking about a variety of things, trying to make sense of how 2021 has already started. And it was a meaningful conversation for us. So if you haven't listened to that episode, we hope you can have a chance to go back and listen. But during the episode, one of the things we talked about is the focus that Plenty has on conscious leadership and conscious strategy. And as we were talking about that word conscious, which can sound kind of snooty or kind of loose or kind of hard to get your head around, one of us made the comment, Jen, last week of, you know, we should spend January just over a few episodes talking about what we mean by conscious and particularly what we mean by conscious leadership and conscious strategy. So that's what we wanted to start with today is maybe 
reviewing for everybody, we consider that there's four components of what we mean by conscious. And we wanted to start to unpack those a little bit today. Yeah, I love that. This has been such a core part of our mission, both personally and professionally for decades. And that idea of having the ability to help raise consciousness in people on the planet. And when we do that, we help humanity evolve. There are four ways we look at defining consciousness. And there may be other ways that you find you make sense of it too. But when we talk about what conscious means, so what does it mean to be a conscious leader? And that is what plenty helps. We help people and leaders make a difference in the world. The first is present. Conscious means being present, literally getting here now. It is a practice and it's something that you hear the sages and the mystics and the guides and the teachers all talk about, like, how do we practice really bringing our attention, our awareness and our focus to what is here now, not in the past, not in the future. And for all of us, or for you, you might relate to this. I will speak for myself. It's really easy in a digital world, in the information age where our attention gets hijacked. So constantly bringing ourselves back to here. Why would we need to do that? Well, when we are fully here in our presence and we offer our presence to any interaction, we see more, we sense more, we hear more. It's almost like we're able to drop into this space where we can interact beyond the form. We can interact beyond the content. And when we do that, we get insight. We get, we, we get these whispers. We get these nudges of knowing. Our presence is literally our superpower. We can offer that as the greatest gift to anybody, to anything we come into contact with. And as leaders, we're being invited to really practice presence on Zoom calls, in, on phone calls, in person, with our children, with our spouses, with each other. And there's techniques to help get us here. But the most important thing for the sake of defining conscious is when we are fully present and we're fully in our presence and we fully offer our presence we're able to raise our consciousness, our awareness of what is happening in the moment that helps to inform the next step. Yeah. So before we go any deeper on presence, I think we'll maybe just list out the other three components of consciousness and and then we'll come back. I think for today, we wanted to come back to presence for a bit. So Jen just got into the second piece. When we're present, when we're kind of fully bringing our full selves to where we are, we're more aware. And we would say awareness is the second component of consciousness. And awareness is a little bit different than presence when presence is, like I said, just bringing your full self to what you're doing, not letting yourself be multitasking, not letting your mind wander into other things. Once you can do that, you really notice things that you don't otherwise notice. And I would just summarize the idea of awareness as dropping the story, dropping your narrative that's informed by what has happened in the past or your narrative about what might happen, which is about expectation or worry or fear, and actually just see, we call it seeing what is, right? 
and not putting judgment on that yet, not saying things are bad or good, but just being aware. So the more we are present, the more we can be aware. Yes. And the third is connected. So when we are present and aware, we feel more connected to ourselves and more connected to the whole, to other. And that idea of connection is really the backbone of what consciousness is, that we are all connected to each other. We're connected to something bigger than ourselves, whether it's this like mysterious soup of intelligence or whether it's a higher power or whether it's a higher plan, but we're part of the whole. And all we have to look to nature to see evidence that everything is connected as part of a larger ecosystem. We're part of that larger story, that larger ecosystem too. And so when we talk about being connected, we're really looking at being connected with knowing who we are knowing what's rising when we are present and when we become more aware of seeing what is, we're able to tap into the grand intelligence that makes up consciousness itself. Yeah, I love that. Like consciousness isn't just about being a solo operator, right? The more present and aware we are, the more we see our inner relationship with the world around us. And the last component which I would tell you openly is something we've added this year after watching last year and the beginning of the year play out is wired for good. So a conscious leader is, is not only present, aware, connected to the people and world around them, but is wired to create some beneficence in the world, right? It's wired to contribute positively to the world around them. And we went back and forth, honestly, Jen, about do we need to add something like, isn't it understood that a conscious leader acts for good? And after just kind of watching people march into the capital of the United States, we said, nope, sounds like we need to add that. Right. <laughs> that you know, conscious leaders, hello, people. Conscious leadership is also about acting for the benefit of more than self, right? And knowing that through service to others, we serve ourselves that goodness is a piece that feels pressing to add and speak to these days. Yeah. And that, that kind of ties back into, they all work together. So in that, in the example of why we felt like it was important to include being wired for good is conscious leaders are present, aware, connected. They understand the impact of their actions, the impact of their words. They're, they're not oblivious to it. Conscious means literally you're woken up. When we talk about exploring, like conscious leaders are here to make this world better. That means that in doing so, we're aware that our words impact, our actions impact, our thoughts and our beliefs have a direct effect on what we bring into form or what we see as reality. And therefore, we can be stewards of good if we know that we're that powerful. So that idea that as we increase our consciousness, we increase our impact, we increase our influence on others. And we intend to do that and use that to create a better world, to create a better society, to create healthier family systems, to create high functioning, performing teams, whatever that answer is for you, 
that wired for good is the idea that we're here for a purpose. We're here for a really important reason, not to destruct, but to construct and to build upon and improve and elevate our lives, ourselves, and the planet that we're here um, gratefully to be upon. So this is the area, like you can see, we just take out a lot of territory and this is the territory we want to explore, not just today, but maybe over the next few weeks about, and Jen, I love that you said that everything's interdependent. You know, I think what we, we'd say is don't think about it like a straight line, even though maybe you have to be present to be aware, but it is more like a diamond, like these things all emphasize one another. And the more we are connected to the world around us, the more we want to help the world around us, the more we help the world around us, we're present to the need and so forth. So it's not necessarily a linear thing, but we're not going to try to tackle all of this in one podcast. So maybe to come all the way to the where you started, Jen, is presence. And boys, I mean, this is a topic you've been talking about for years and years and years, and plenty has been exploring for at least five years. But you said something this morning that I think was really right before we started recording that was really helpful. And I stopped you and said, wait, let's turn on record because it was an illustration of probably a feeling everybody who listens has had, but you took it one step further and were more present about it. Just to kind of fill people in, we were starting the day today, kind of recapping our week and talking about what we still need to do and how the week went and just kind of a morning meander over coffee. And we were talking about yesterday was Thursday for us and it was a really busy day. We had a lot of meetings back to back. And, you know, as days like that go, some felt really constructive and some felt less so. And we were talking about that. And Jen took it one step further to the level of presence. And you said something to the effect of, I'm interested. I'm interested in what changes the feeling. What is it about the meetings that some meetings feel really uplifting and some meetings feel less so? And it was such a great freaking question because it not only is the question itself great, but in asking the question, you illustrated a presence, like an ability to notice your own feelings, right? And then to inquire about them. And even further, you kind of hinted at like, wow, I notice when I start to get distracted. Like I notice when, when I'm more present, I notice when I'm not present. So that's a couple pitches I just threw over the plate, but I'd love to for you to take a big swing and hit, <laughs> hit a couple of them back. So many thoughts. Yeah, I think this morning, since we have gone virtual, a lot of our work at Plenty has shifted the way it's delivered. And in 2019, prior to COVID hitting, we were on planes every other week, flying across the country, facilitating workshops, having executives and leaders and teams come to HeartSpace in Park City for our retreats. And there was a lot of human interaction. And when we're together in human space, when our fields are mixing, you can sometimes more effectively feel presence, right? Like you can feel the impact of what it's like to be in somebody else's field if you're paying attention, like if you're literally 
awake and aware of looking at, well, what does it feel like in my body to share space with this person, share conversation? I think it's a little bit interesting as we've shifted to so many Zoom calls where our days and our weeks are literally back to back to back client conversations as we're coaching, as we're helping with strategy, program development, et cetera, and leadership development. And so this last week in particular being back, I just really have been aware of the cadence. And this morning, as you just teed up, I was just felt myself being curious of what is it that shifts the feeling or shifts the quality of the interaction and quality of the meeting so that I'm either feeling inspired and excited and like, yeah, that was awesome to, oh, that was really depleted and what the hell happened on that meeting. Or um, to your point, we talked about yesterday, really noticing when I'm checking out, like the moment I want to go check my text or email or respond to something that has come in. Now I realize in that moment, right before that, I got disengaged, like something like lost attention for me. And I think it's just such an interesting cue that I'm curious about when do I do that? when does something hijack my attention, but when do I just lose interest where the feeling is not so fun anymore? It's not so engaging that I somehow check out. And I was saying earlier, and I'm curious about this too, like the macro of the meeting has its own vibration, own impact, own experience. But within the meeting, there's highs and lows, right? There's like some pieces where you really get into it. It feels really juicy and exciting and engaging. And other times it just feels like, "Uh, I don't need to speak. I'm just kind of going to be a wallflower here and, or just listen or observe. And this is what presence does when we are slowed down enough to really take in what is happening. Oftentimes it's not so much what's being said It's how it's being said and shared, where we come from that creates the quality of the interaction, the quality of the connection that we're seeking. And I would say for myself, and I know this for you too, Jeff, we are seekers of connection. We want to be connected deeply to ourselves, knowing who we are, and we want and yearn for deep, rich, authentic connection with others especially our clients, like creating value for them and for ourselves in the process. So I don't have an answer, but I'm really curious about when the energy, the quality of the meeting dips, when it rises and what is the equation? Like what's, what's causing that? Yeah. And do I even need to know what is causing that is an interesting question in and of itself. Like I don't, my mind wants to put an answer to it so that I can ensure that all of our meetings are really high quality and engaging. And, but what if this is just the the soup of life, right? We have dips, we have elevations, we've got expansion, we've got contraction, we've got good feelings mixed with not so good feelings. And that being the natural course of how we interact, 
we wouldn't be able to see or sense that if we weren't present. We would just be on the automatic hamster wheel, churning and taking one meeting to the next, to the next, to the next. And I think as conscious leaders, we have such a huge opportunity to slow down and say, how does it work for you? What is that feeling you want to offer in your presence? How do you want to receive it? And how can you collaborate or co-create with others in order to make your interactions as high quality as possible? Yeah, there's a few things. I love where you're, what you're pointing to. And there's a few things I'd, I'd highlight for people listening. And, and maybe I'd start by saying in our coaching work, we sometimes get, you know, people get twisted up between presence and awareness. And then kind of the common joke is like, the more I'm aware, the less present I am. Because how, how can I be aware of what's happening? As soon as I'm aware of what's happening, doesn't that mean that I'm not present? Because then I'm thinking about something else and kind of like twisting themselves in knots a little bit. And I think like one to that, we always kind of say like, slow down. You can just just start where you are. And I like, Jen, that you're pointing to the idea of your ability to be present or your lack of ability to be present is itself an indication of things. You know, it might be an indication of the quality of the environment. It might be an indication of the quality of your thoughts. It might be an indication of the quality of your sleep the night before. But like, that's a nice place to start if you can't start anywhere. If you're one of those people who's like, it's great to be present, but I've got three kids and I've got 10 employees and like, I'm running from thing to thing and I've got a bunch of clients and vendors and we'll just notice when you can be more tuned in and when you aren't and just understand what that wave is that Jen's talking about, because that's the really nice inquiry. So that's, that's one thought. The second thought, I'm going to throw out two tools and then kick it back to you, Jen. Anyone who's listened to the podcast for more than one episode knows that I just love Pema Chodron. I'm a total Pema Chodron groupie. And so is Jen and so is Plenty. And she's got a really nice tool that she uses when she tries to facilitate people through meditation. She says, picture your thoughts as bubbles. And when you notice there's a lot of bubbles, you kind of reach out with your mind and, and touch one and pop it. And when you pop it, you say present. And it's a reminder like, no, I don't want that thought. I'm just going to be present. It's one, it's a really f- nice visual. Like if nothing else, if you're totally distracted, you can just pop all these thought bubbles. But what happens as you start to say to yourself, present, 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 is there's fewer thought bubbles, right? There's fewer bubbles the more we pop. And, the, and so again, the process of being present to our presence, not to get too meta on you, can really help. And the third tool that I think is very helpful in the meeting Zoom culture everyone finds themselves in is from our old friend Gary Zukoff, who wrote Seed of the Soul and a bunch of others, wonderful spiritual partnership, a bunch of wonderful books. And he just gives a very simple narrative about being present. When you feel like you want to be quiet, say something. And when you feel like you need to say something, be quiet. And part of the practice is just to be attuned to things. But I often notice in meetings that I get antsy in Jen, I need to say something. And then if I can't get a word in, it's like I open up the browser and then all of a sudden the New York Times is 
I'm reading it. And I think that like, I love the Zukov thing because it's just like, well, wait, do I need to say anything? And what would happen if I challenged myself to listen a little bit more? And I think like our narrative from yesterday was when we can do that, we often find ourselves, I was observing both of us asking questions instead of making statements. Right. And at least one meeting at the end of the day yesterday, we had a lovely conversation that started with a client kind of came in running hot late from another meeting. The three of them came in with a whole bunch of stuff on their plates. And we just asked a few questions about what would help you make sense of what you're dealing with. And all of a sudden the dialogue got a lot deeper. So I'm just wondering about that, Jen. And then what I know you always talk about is be careful not to put too much emphasis on the tool, right? Right. And that said, there are great tools. I love those. I think two others that come to mind, one is from us that really works for me is to drop in. So when I notice I am not here, oftentimes how it plays out for me is I, I feel I'm in my head. So I'm interacting very mentally, but I'm not in my body. It's very mental exchange. It's thought, it's responsive, it's very analytical, or it's, it's very left brain interaction. And so when I say drop in, I literally can feel myself sink into my seat. And I ask myself, I feel, I see, I hear, I sense. Like in this moment, I feel I'm supported by my chair. I'm heavy. And I drop in literally, like I get back in my body. And what am I, what do I hear? Is there a noise in the building? Are there people talking? Do I hear a bird? What's the sounds that are coming in in this moment? What do I see? happening, like trying to expand my awareness. And then what do I sense? And that, that helps me get right into this moment, whether I'm on a call or whether I'm out in nature, it just helps me expand my awareness a little bit by using my presence as a, as the anchor for that awareness. The second is a little bit zoomy that Jeff, you and I have been talking about a lot, but this Sounds so simple. So if you're finding that you're on a lot of Zoom calls, and some of you may not be, but if you are, to shut all the windows off besides the one that is your Zoom camera is really helpful. And not only close them down, but literally quit them. So there's no beeps and sounds and alerts coming in from your text or email. Oftentimes I'm, we're on calls and we hear the alerts coming in on other people's sounds on their computer. It's super distracting. And it tells me, it sends a signal that, oh, you don't know how to manage your environment, mm. right? Because you're not really here. So shutting all that down, turning it off and literally under your camera, turning off your self view which was a tip somebody gave us. I'm sure not, we were trying to remember who (laughs) a while ago, but it was, it has been game changing for us that when you're on camera, you're not looking at yourself. Cause think about it in a meeting, you're never looking at yourself unless there's a mirror in the room. Right. And so, or as Debbie 
Ford says, you're always looking at yourself because everybody's a reflection of your light and your shadow. So that's another episode. <laughs> that's another episode. But it has been really helpful to get here. So I'm not like constantly fixing my hair and looking at my lipstick and like, do I, you know, look centered? All of that's turned off. So I'm actually having a conversation. And that has really been helpful as a tool to practice presence. I'm sure, and we know there's so many other tools and we'd love to hear what's works for you. So please let us know or comment on this episode and share with us your tool of how you get here, like what works for you to be present. For many of us, it changes in different environments. I find myself it's easier to be present in nature than it is oftentimes you know, when you're on a call and your kids are around and you're trying to making dinner and multitasking. And I think this is a practice of how we raise our consciousness as leaders, using our presence as our superpower. And it's not easy at times, but it is within all of our ability to choose to practice getting here now. Yeah, I love that. And that's kind of a nice way to I guess, segue into what we're going to talk about next week. I I love that you brought up, and I just want to speak this one more time. It's easier to be present in some situations than others. And even last week after our episode, we had so many wonderful comments from all of you out there. And thank you for those. And more than one person actually said, I was on a silent retreat over break, or I was on a yoga retreat, or I was practicing meditation. And in those places, it's so much easier to be present. And so Jen and I acknowledge that we each have our own practices that allow us to be more present at times than others. But there is another thing beyond that, that what if we could bring that everywhere we went, right? What if we could help ourselves and we didn't need to go away for seven days in silence and we didn't need to do, you know, a two day hike up the mountains what could that look like for us? Not saying it's always easy, but that that is on offer. And especially now more than ever, there's tools like the ones we've shared and structures, for example, not letting yourself have eight one hour meetings in a row every day. There's structures that not only we can put in place, but really that we're being called to put in place so we can be here now. And when we are here, we can be more aware. We can see how connected we are. We can act for good. And I think next time, Jen, next week, why don't we talk about awareness and what comes when you can actually be here and can confront the stories that you are telling yourself and, and free yourself of those. I think that's a great thing for us to explore the next time we get together. Yeah. And maybe this next week or whenever you're listening to this is really intentionally look at what is on your plate and see what can come off. Because oftentimes we're in a habit of adding to more and more and more. Yes, yes, yes. And I think COVID, I would just speak for ourselves, really has created an environment to slow down and question what is really additive? What takes away? What's depleting? And so if we're on the yes train and we have too much on our plate, it's really challenging. We're self-sabotaging our ability to practice presence. 
that may be a PhD. You might want to work up to it, (laughs) you know, in terms of your ability to be present with so much going on. But we all have oftentimes the ability to choose what we say yes to and what we say no to. And oftentimes when we say no to something, we create more space for us to say yes. That means fully getting here and bringing our superpower to whatever comes at us, whatever we're interacting with during the day. So yes, I love that the next episodes will explore awareness as it relates to conscious What does it mean to be a conscious leader? And again, to recap, you know, it means being present, being aware, being connected to yourself and others. And it means being wired for good, that you are up-leveling, that you're helping contribute to the evolvement, the spiraling up, the goodness that we all have the ability to contribute to, to make this world a better place. Love that. One more thing since you said spiraling up. So I think next week we'll tackle awareness and what that means. And here in the States, we're a couple days before Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is a day that seems more timely than ever. You know, talk about a conscious leader whose dream seems more elusive and yet more here and now than ever before. So wherever this finds you, let's one lovely piece of wisdom from Martin Luther King. He said that faith is taking the first step, even when you can't see the staircase. And so may you have the faith in yourself as a conscious leader that you can be present and be the change that you need yourself and the people around you need need you to be. Wonderful. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate your support and we're watching whatever form you chose to uh, hear this from. Please subscribe, share this with your friends and colleagues. If you find this meaningful and supportive of your path, we are so grateful to help create a world of plenty for everyone with you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Join the conversation and learn more at www.plentyconsulting.com.